Welcome back to The Lounge. Now, it's so great to have Emma Kendrick of LOL Theatre or LOL Theatre back on the show. She was been on the show before talking about representation in the arts. And we did touch on the subject, but I did want to explore it a little bit further because the arts seems to be the Cinderella of school subjects. Uh And yet it brings so much to people. So first of all, welcome back to The Lounge, Emma. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's great. It's great to chat with you. Now, let's just jump in with why do you think the arts are still seen in places as that? Oh, it's not a real job. It's frivolous. You need something else to fall back on. Why? Why are we still seeing this when the arts are so important? I know it's it's like a constant frustration to my life as well. And I can feel it from your dream. Um, I mean, let me start by saying I've had this my whole life from from my own father. I mean, he doesn't believe that it's like a proper job. I guess it comes from a place of him feeling he wants his children to be financially secure and all of that kind of stuff, which I get. I do get that sort of side of the argument. And there's a generational thing where it's, you know, it's kind of been inbuilt. I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult to change anybody's kind of perspective or opinion um, on things. And I think the only thing we can do is just keep trying to show people the benefits. I think the main thing is that um, I guess people that have that kind of opinion I guess they haven't been exposed to the arts maybe as much. So maybe they don't, they haven't seen firsthand the benefits that the arts can bring. And that's kind of like when you sort of look at it from that perspective, rather than sort of going, oh, you know, why is it so annoying that people have this view? It's kind of almost understanding why they have that view. And that's the only way you can change that or at least try to kind of um get that sort of narrative out there is is the is really plugging the benefits of what the arts can do and showing people that and if they're in an area where maybe the arts aren't as accessible or that you know it's not as affordable so they can't go you know it's no wonder that then people sort of have this opinion of it's an elitist thing you know yes. to go to the theatre or anything like this and I think that's one of the main things obviously that that we do is to try and make it accessible and affordable for everybody so that we can break down those barriers and and really, uh, hopefully, the benefits will then filter out, ripple like a pond effect, you know, um, down to people. So they, so that we then change the opinion of yes, the arts and, and what it what it means um, I think to people. I remember the last time we spoke, you talked about how the arts can even be life changing for people. Just that opportunity to yeah. get involved in something in that safe space to express, to create, where. Everybody is very mindful of each other because that's, of course, what being involved in creative pursuits is all about. It's that safety. But Mm. you've seen yourself as an educator, which is conventional, (laughs) a real job, conventionally a real job. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Um, But you've seen how it can be so life-affirming. It can be confidence-building. What are some of the most amazing things that you've been able to witness in your role? I mean, there's there's a lot actually, and um, I I mean I've I've only been sort of running this company for this is year five I think five or six five, um, and before that you know I've had sort of other career opportunities where I I have been involved working in schools, um, and obviously that's a it's it's a massive thing and um, it's a real struggle actually within schools to sort of really get those benefits heard, especially yeah. when you've got so you know. Uh, your core subjects there's always there's still this sort of emphasis on 
not all subjects are equal. So I was like, George, it's almost Orwellian, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of like uh, yeah. <laughs> all subjects are equal, but some are more equal than others. Um, yes. and, and that's kind of just, it's been that way since I think the dawn of time. And I, I think it's a real shame because actually there are other subjects that are equally as important. Um, I mean, drama, music, the arts, they are all important as ways of expressing yourself. Um, I mean, in terms of boosting your confidence, you can't get much better than than doing drama. Yeah. Um, it's not all about standing around pretending to be a tree. That's a misconception. You know, we actually deal with some real um, hard-hitting topics within drama that actually these kids really want to talk about and they don't get the opportunity in other sort of more traditional subjects to do. I mean, I was working in a school where knife crime was a massive issue around the area mm. and they wanted to talk about it and they didn't have that opportunity. It wasn't on the curriculum. It wasn't, a, you know, and I'm like, this is their life though. This is what they need to talk about yeah. because they need to know how best to actually live in the world that they are in. And you have to give you know, every, everybody, not just kids, but people, the opportunity to actually be able to deal with things that they're going through in life. And I think the arts do that. That's that's something that, you know, is so important when you think of COVID and we've just had the, you know, pandemic, which has affected everyone's lives worldwide. Whether you believe it was a hoax or not, it doesn't matter. You know, the fact is it has seriously affected people's lives and, and no more so than in education. I mean, these kids mm. have missed out on a massive chunk of their lives that you know it's been taken away through no fault of their own and they haven't been able to express themselves there's a huge rise in like social isolation in suicide and it's as a direct result of the of the pandemic and then you have like the government turning around in 2021 and saying we're going to cut the educational arts funds by 50 percent 50 is a, a really yeah. huge number no wonder there was massive outcry you know and you know, on the other hand, they they said they needed to direct the money into medicine, science, um, technology, which, again, are really vital areas. And I think they were trying to learn off the back of the pandemic. Maybe we weren't ready hmm. for that. Uh, so you can kind of understand that argument, but taking it away from the arts yeah. at such a vital time when people are really struggling with their mental health. Yeah. It's to me a little bit backwards, but that's my opinion, and I will state that 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 is coming from me. But I think a lot of people share that opinion as well. Yeah. In that, actually, the arts will play a vital role now more more so than ever because of all those things like isolation, mm. just just things like community togetherness, feeling like yes. you're not alone. Yeah, going through something like this. Some people have have massive anxiety. Some people are still suffering now, even though the rest of the world seems to have got back to some kind of normal there are still huge chunks of society that are missing out because they are too scared to leave their houses. They are, they are too worried about still the effects of COVID. Yeah. And that's, it's just not being talked about. And I just, it's almost been swept under a carpet and I'm like, hello, we need to do something about this. And that's where I think the arts really does play a massive role in, in helping. I agree. And historically, too, that's how we used to teach other people of the dangers of whatever. I know whatever your opinions on fairy tales may be, but those were some of those tales that got passed down. Stained glass windows told those stories. And therefore, we've always used storytelling as a way of educating other people. The arts are doing much more special things, in fact. They are 
they're looking at things like how do we engage people with ADHD? How do we engage those with autism? How do we work with that neurodiversity and make sure everybody gets that chance to, I guess, express themselves and create in a world that isn't necessarily conventionally set up for mm. that kind of mindset? Can you tell me more about how you or how we support groups in making arts more accessible as well to that neurodiverse population? Yeah, sure. I mean, I actually discovered this almost by accident, I think, um, that making shows kind of more interactive, involving the audience, more engaging the audience um, can be really beneficial for for especially neurodiverse um, people. Um I mean, we had a show commissioned in 2018 by the Wildlife Trust, which is called Rangers Readers Animal Adventure. I know we mentioned it previously. Uh, and it's basically a 30-minute show all about uh, local wildlife, things that we would meet uh, on the Nen Valley, Northamptonshire. And it was it was really set up for families to kind of become more educated about what's on their doorstep. Mm. But what we didn't realise was the impact of how the show was set up would really connect with people from neurodiverse backgrounds. And it was it was incredible. I mean, I think it's a show that um, we didn't realise because it was in an outside space, not a traditional theatre, you didn't have to sit still and be quiet for two hours. Yes. Because it was so much more involving. You, We have people, we have the audience jumping up and down like frogs. We have them, you know, practising echolocation, which the kids love because they get to scream at the top of their voice. Why wouldn't you not love this? Absolutely. Um, you know, and then we have the sort of more calming uh, moments of the show. It's not all loud because, again, uh, some people, especially with autism, don't don't like the loud noises. Yeah. And I think for me, the standout show. I mean, we've had we've had several where where we've had people, you know, uh, especially parents, come up going, "Oh, well, they've got ADHD. They probably won't stay." And then they're there till the end, and they want to ask questions. You know, it's just it's incredible. And we and as I said, we we kind of discovered this by accident because that wasn't our primary focus. This is definitely something that's come out of the show. Yeah. Um, that's now made me rethink how I actually write shows. So any show going forward, I now have that as a primary focus of how can we uh, include that sort of same, get that same kind of level of um, of engagement and involvement from, from everybody, not just sort of like, you know, uh, a small percentage of your theatre goers. I love And that. I think the, the show that sticks out for me is the one we did in Wolverton Square. Um, we had um, twins, autistic twins. One of them was non-speaking. Um, and during the show, there's a part where the ranger character is scared of a spider. Uh, it's obviously a human dressed up as a spider, so it's quite terrifying, really. <laughs> the size of this spider is quite, you know, significant. Um, and she's running around, and, and the kids find it hilarious that they're pointing where the spider is. Um, and during that section, this this nonverbal 16 year old uh, autistic girl shouted spider which is a massive oh. deal this is somebody who doesn't speak and came out with the what i know it's just one word but it's so significant it's such oh. a huge deal you know the parents were in tears because they just couldn't believe it oh. um and we were like just it was it was so emotional and overwhelming for us because we realized at that moment this is you know this is huge this meant so much more than the actual message of the show even it's oh. it's um so yeah, that was just a really touching moment, and I'll I'll never forget it because it is it's something that I think that just shows the power of of the arts and what it can do. Absolutely, I think you know 
enough set really <laughs> oh yeah it's that's so moving I can feel I got goosebumps it's when you were really, talking yeah, about that emotional it, thinking about it and reliving that kind of memory in my head because it you know to be there and to to have that experience and share that experience with them is is yeah it's it's brilliant it's beautiful I think that really leads me on to to my next question actually so because um you've touched on this already when it comes to drama and the arts being a good place for self-expression but somebody mm. watching the show can get so involved they have a sense of escapism they may find a connection especially with covid if we haven't been able to think about whether other people feel the same way as we do there are so many other benefits of watching a production as well so it's not just the doing but the experiencing and then you just mentioned the shared experience of being in that moment which is never going to be repeated what other benefits do we get just simply from from watching a piece of theatre or a piece of creative work yeah well I, I think it's the storytelling aspect as you, I mean you've touched on it today where storytelling has been passed down through generations you know when we when we didn't have things to write on storytelling was the main way of communication and getting messages through and and uh, sort of that was their education that was like how they passed on things to the next generation I think storytelling is hugely important um it connects us all as human beings you know it connects us it makes us understand ourselves better and others better actually as well and um, and that's quite powerful it's um I think the arts in general reach us on an emotional level and I think subconsciously we all all everything that we do and is, is from an emotional level whether you're conscious of it or not it's that's I said it's a subconscious sort of thing whether you think you're more of a logic person or a science person or everything actually comes down to, to an emotional yes. connection with the world around you and I think the arts the reason why they're so powerful and influential is because they do they they hit you in the fields as it were on that emotional level and I think that's why it's off it's often underestimated but I think there's a real there's a really powerful and kind of influential field in the arts where it can really reach out to people in a way that nothing else can I don't think there's anything else quite like it that really gets you yeah. um like seeing live theatre it doesn't even have to be theatre it can be a film it can mm. be a book it could be so, just all of these things actually your imagination and that it, it, it speaks volumes to you. Um, so yeah, I think that's why it's it's really important. Um, I agree. Both as both as performers and as audience members, actually, I think you can you know either side that you're on, but but watching something can be a really emotive experience. I agree, and, and certainly what I've learned myself is when I watch something, and you exactly right, it hits you in some way, good or bad. And if mm. I don't like something at first, sometimes I actually end up asking myself, what is this that's going on here? And that gives me a level of self-awareness I never knew I had, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's mm. absolutely amazing. And when <laughs> we talk about getting involved in the arts, I we even then don't just mean performing or therapy or watching there's actually something in the teamwork there's being part of that production whether it's front of house backstage on stage you're part of a team you're part of something inclusive and that's really special can you tell me more about I guess the the power of teamwork within theatre yeah sure I mean it is it's um again it's it's really nice because I think especially working in theatre, there are so many elements all at work at the same time. And actually, you can't make it without all of those elements coming together. Yes. 
I mean, you might have the best sound lighting crew in the world, but if your actors are rubbish, you know, you yeah. haven't got a show. Um, but again, if you've got everything perfect and then nobody shows up, yeah. you haven't got a show. You need all elements, including the audience, to make it what it is. And the thing is with live, any live performance, is it's never the same. You can't do it yeah. twice the same way. It will always be unique experience with the people that are in that room at that moment in time. And it is a moment. That's it. It's it's an experience and it's a shared experience. And I think that's what makes it so brilliant. And I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're doing Amdram professional, mm. whatever. It is all the same. It's that team that really brings it together to being what it is. Yeah. And there are, you know, there's so many multiple elements. It doesn't matter whether you're the most confident person in the world and want to be on stage or whether you you want to be backstage. You still want to be involved, but you can be behind the scenes. Yeah. It's just as important, actually, as as the people that are on the stage. Um, all elements are important. I think that's really sometimes you, we forget that because we only see the people that are on the stage. We don't see what goes on behind the stage. And I think it's really important to kind of shout out to those the hidden the people hidden yeah. in the background that really do make the show because without them you, you wouldn't have that same experience That's... um i mean i've seen some incredible shows obviously uh, even in at the Derngate, they i mean the shows they have there are, are phenomenal yeah and and it leaves me thinking well how did they do that because i don't actually know and that's the show that really gets you and i'm there from a theater point of view going trying to work it out and i just don't know how they did that it was so incredible and that's because of the people that are behind the scenes making that magic happen. Yeah. And that's what, to me, it's almost, that to me is where the magic lies, is actually that whole team working together like clockwork to, to produce something that's, that's quite incredible, actually. I think it sounds to me in many ways that actually organisations can learn a lot from the arts because what you're talking yeah. about here is when you're involved in that production, you know, you know that every single team member is equal, whether you mm. see them on stage or not, everyone has that important role to play. Whereas in an organisation, it's quite easy to almost get lost in your own character. I do yeah. this bit and and I don't think about anybody else, but it, I know it's drummed into me as a performer how important the lighting is and how important the stage management is. And and I think organisations can really learn from that. Do you think the arts can probably teach us a little bit more about leadership and how we can encourage teamwork within our own organisations or businesses even? Definitely. I mean, you only have to look at, you know, businesses that do try to sort of bond their teams a bit more by doing team building things yeah. and all of those team building comes comes from some some form of arts you know <laughs> whether it's whether it's just playing games or what it's still that's the essence of drama really is it's all gameplay it's playing it's it's yeah. trying to figure things out it's all of that comes from the arts. so I think yeah if you want a really effective team doing these sort of team building experiences a really great way of breaking the ice and all of that icebreakers that's the drama mm. technique right there yeah you know, it all stems back to the arts but people don't realize it. they don't associate it with the arts is quite a big umbrella for how much really goes on there people might just see one little tiny bit of it and think that's it and that's that's incorrect again it's it's all about kind of changing perceptions and making people realize it's so much more than what you think it is um i think that yeah i think the businesses can absolutely um evolve with using some sort of drama techniques. I mean, I've used it. I've done multiple different jobs. I mean, <laughs> considering I'm only 39, I've done quite a lot of different career uh, sort of aspects, uh, whether it's, you know, helping. I, I mean, I've helped 
there was one kid that I taught who was highly dyslexic, dyslexic, but it had, but he didn't want anyone to sort of know that. So I didn't actually know as a teacher that he was really dyslexic. Um, and he was just playing up constantly in my lessons. And I was really trying to like get, you know, get some work done. And he was just, so I just took him to it. I said, right, you know, we need to have a chat here. What's going on? Mm. And it took me a while to get to the bottom of it. And once I realized that was the problem, mm. that's why you didn't want to read out in class and things like this. You know, there's always an underlying yeah. thing. And I went, oh, okay. Well, in that case, why don't you do the sound effects? So we, re- we I think we were doing Blood Brothers. And he was absolutely fantastic because he was so funny. Like he naturally was a very funny person. But we didn't see that until I'd kind of had got to the bottom mm. of what it was, the issue. And then we built from that. And in the end, he absolutely loved it. Like he was he was one of the best people in my class because he he'd realized that he still had a way in to access yeah. the the lesson and what we were doing through, you know, through drama. I mean, that was an English lesson, but we did it through drama because obviously it was a text that's meant to be performed. So sure. some people just have this outright, I can't do it, I won't do it attitude. And actually it's just kind of gently breaking them in and going, well, actually you could do this or that. And like, if they're not a natural performer, well, why don't you storyboard then? Why don't you be a director? Yes. Why don't you try this? There's so many different aspects. I think from, um, yeah, from a job point of view, if you look at kind of the hierarchy, there is, it's almost like a triangle, isn't there? The boss at the top and then you've mm-hmm. got your, you know, uh, supervisors and then there's the workforce at the bottom that feel like they do all the work because what do they do? They're just sat up there in their chair doing nothing. And I've had it before. I worked um, for like summer camp so kids from around the world would come over to the UK to improve their English and kind of learn about our culture and things like that which is really really good fun actually mm. um and we had the same sort of thing where we had sort of like two days to get a whole team of people who'd never met before mm. ready to teach all these kids that will come over for two weeks you know and it's mainly university students looking for a bit of extra cash in the holidays or whatever so yeah. they're not really teachers and you have to create a whole team with teachers out of that and sometimes it can be really hard because they see like me uh as the boss going well all she's doing is taking the adult group leaders you know the for mm. coffee that's not work and they don't understand almost like yeah because it's not their role they don't understand it and they think they're doing all the work and I actually had sessions where I I kind of explained what it was I actually do, what they saw, what I did that they didn't see, you know, that was all the paperwork and everything else. And like kind of had to almost explain, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. I think sometimes people, if they don't realise what your role is, they can have misconceptions. And I think drama is a way actually you can bring your whole team together, have a lot of fun. And they realise you're a human being rather than just this big boss that likes to shout instructions at you. I think if people see you more on that level, and drama, you know, any kind of the arts experiences can bring that together and make you feel like, oh, we are a part of the same team. We are all going towards the same direction. We might just have different ways of doing it. Yes, yes. There's a huge inclusivity in the arts. And I, I think that's that's very, very clear with not only the way the arts takes place, but the involvement of everybody who who all, as you say, play an important part. But recently and I don't want to spend too long on this particular topic but there's been a new role the audiences seem to be playing at the moment um 
And there's a little bit of, shall we say, over-involvement. I'm hearing these stories about how professional productions are being stopped, actually, because mm. the audience is singing along with it. Now, I totally understand when it's something like Mamma Mia and you're supposed to be singing and dancing or the Rocky Horror Show or any of yeah. those. But what's going on at the moment? Why, why are we thinking we're allowed to do this? Yeah, there's a big cultural shift. It's really interesting, actually. It seems to be, again, post-pandemic and everyone's gone, it's my right and I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And it's almost, this has become, as I said, like a shift in people's behaviour. I think probably as a result of being by themselves, you know, or with their yes. families and not having that kind of social interaction, almost forgetting the rules or kind of having this new lease of life and thinking, well, I'm not going to sit down and be quiet anymore. I want my voice to be heard. And there's a little bit of that going on as well, which is interesting. And I think part of me thinks, well, I do look at it. It's a really interesting debate, actually, because part of me looks at it and I go, oh, well, the theatre etiquette, we should we should be quiet and listen. These people have trained and they're professionals and we should be watching and listening to them. And then part of me thinks, yeah, but I really want to join, you know. And there is that kind of indecision almost. I think we have to respect the fact that it's really hard to perform if you if if you have a whole audience singing and you can't actually hear the band or orchestra yes. and then it puts you off and you can no longer do your job properly yes it's really off-putting from a performer's point of view to have that as enthusiastic as your audience might be there are times when you need you need to be able to hear what's going on yeah otherwise it ruins the show it like kind of affects yeah. that I think also, you know, it's very expensive, especially to go to the West End um, yes. at the moment, especially like ticket prices seem to have soared mm. for various reasons, um, you know, because all the costs have soared as well. So yeah. it has to reflect that, unfortunately. And so if you've paid, you know, this extortionate amount of money to see a show and then all you can hear is the guy who can't actually really sing. It's very off key for every single number. Mm kind of that's really annoying as well and you yeah. can you can appreciate that side of things I mean I went I was very lucky I went to see a concert on uh Sunday I went to see Elton John oh fabulous farewell tour in Birmingham and unfortunately my partner really struggles standing for long periods of time so has to sit down for it for most of it and we were in a seated the whole thing was seated but everyone was up on their feet and dancing and singing and this meant that unfortunately she couldn't see half of it because oh, there was no. a couple standing right in front of us and yeah. this was the view you know it was like yes <laughs> oh bless her that's awful yeah, you're getting a really different experience if they just sat down for like even one song yeah. you know yeah. it might have made a bit of a difference and it's just, it's just a real shame that these things happen but that's different it's at concerts and gigs they very much encourage you to get up and dance and sing and da -da -da. but I still think at that like there should be areas where if people want to sit and watch that's the area for you and then there's the areas where people can get up and dance the sing. And I think there should be this kind of like consideration for both sides, for yeah. people who want to sit and listen and watch, and then for people who want to get up and sing and dance. So, yeah. I mean, even in the West End, they are starting to do this. There's actually like karaoke performances yes. of uh, Six and Waitress do it. I don't know if there's any more. This is kind of like up and coming musicals where they've rethought the structure of how people yeah. want to watch. And they've done it so that people can be more involved, which I think is a really nice idea. So you can go and watch it um, and sing along or you can go and watch it and just and watch and listen. So it's really nice to have those two choices yeah. for people who want to go and see. And I think that's what we need more of is that kind of encouragement of 
of both actually so you can then choose which one you want to do and I think that's a really that's kind of the way for me that's the best way forward it's a nice compromise and that's all we have time for but if you'd like to find out more do go to my website which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles which give you practical tools to live your best life or you can go to my youtube channel which is dr audrey tang tools to thrive